Welcome to the Aging Project podcast. Thank you for being here. I'm your host, Shelley Craft. As I've got older, I've come to realise we all need advice when it comes to aging well. So for season one of the show, I've pulled together the best possible support team for us. Doctors, researchers, coaches and creatives. Nothing is off limits. Food and nutrition, movement and mobility, menopause and gut health. Finding a sense of meaning. I want to cover it all. I believe with the Aging Project community banded together, our choices will be infinitely better, more informed, more considered. So if, like me, you believe Aging Well starts now, then let's get going and start learning from some of the best. Welcome to today's episode. And I think once you make a change, once you dedicate yourself to some form of reinvention, whether it is a career or a relationship or your wardrobe, when you do that once and you feel how invigorating that is, it's a wildfire. I mean, you just go from there. It's never, ever too late. I think you'll love today's chat with Wendy Isler. I certainly did. Uh, Four years ago, at age 49, Wendy started her business, Goodbye Crop Top, in the US. If you're wondering, Goodbye Crop Top is a metaphor for let go of what you want to and hold on to what you want to as we get older. Wendy decided to reinvent herself and commit to the things that she loves, which are fashion and writing. So now she is a blogger, a podcaster and a fashion guru. Wendy is all about empowering middle-aged women in fashion and life and by God she's doing a great job. I was so inspired after this chat. She is a woman of style, substance and great advice. So I hope you enjoy today's chat. Where did Goodbye Crop Top come from in your mind? How did this all begin for you? Well, I, you know, four years ago, I was 49 years old and I found no representation of myself anywhere. And, you know, I thought either, or what I saw rather were um, women were either trying to be and look and feel 30 at 50 or 45 or whatnot, or they were giving up, you know, the marriage ended, the kids were gone. The, and I was watching this with my in real life friends, you know, watching how people were kind of handling, if you will, entering into middle age. And it was, it scared me. And I thought, we don't have a voice, you know, because I actually feel pretty good about being 49. I've never felt better. I've never taken better care of myself. I still feel like we can be hip and, you know, stylish and 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 we can make the choices um, to get out of the bad situations. Maybe we've put ourselves in, which is easier said than done. I know, but um, but I did it, so I can. I feel like I can sit here and talk about it. So I, I wanted to fill that chasm or fill that hole, and give middle-aged women something to be excited about, um, to be encouraged about. And I love style, and I love to write. And my whole life, I've had fashion magazines and journals and notebooks and poetry and everything crammed under my bed. And I thought, well, I'm going to bring these two things out and combine them and sort of make this alive for middle-aged women. And then furthermore, you know, I think on this mission or this movement that, um, that is now, I feel like, happening, I am remiss and we are remiss if we're not giving the younger generation of women something to look forward to. So. So that's kind of it in a nutshell. 
And it's taken lots of twists and turns. <laughs> I'm sure it has in some days. It must be like, this is just about fashion. Just let me talk about fashion for five minutes and, uh, and, yeah. that, and mission, I do. Put yeah. that mission aside for a second to talk about some really cool jeans. <laughs> That's right. That's right. It yeah. is interesting, though, that there's that chasm, isn't it? We do have a lot of um, powerful voices that are younger than us. And then you see, mm -hmm. you know, the wonderful Heron, Helen Mirrens of the world and the Meryl Streeps now in their, mm -hmm. the next area of life, I suppose. But that, that mm -hmm. middle area, there is, there is a bit of a gap. And here you are standing there mm -hmm. proud and strong. Yeah, I love it. And it worked. And I'm happy about that. I mean, on my own little level in this community I've built, it's, um, I really, I hear every day from women that it makes a difference and that keeps me going because some days it is hard and some days I do just want to go forget it, you know, and it, it takes a lot to kind of um, put yourself as you know, um, and I'm on such a minor level, but to put yourself out there and say what you think and say what you feel. And with that comes a lot of criticism. And um, I've, I thought I had tough skin before I entered this now, it, uh, now it's really thick and tough. <laughs> Yeah. So you reckon you're even copying backlash for this? Yeah. Yeah, you do. I mean, you can't really do anything right, you know? So, but what I've learned is, you know, as I tell my daughters and I've told them their whole lives, that's not, that's something within them that's not my problem. If you're going to seek out someone, especially that's trying to help others and be nasty, that has nothing to do with me has nothing to do with me or what I'm doing. That's something inside of them. Is that a revelation that came with age for you? Because I know I sort of reached that point. Um, I thought I'd get there at 30 and I didn't. And now, you know, I oh, think God. that, yes, maybe it is. This has nothing to do with me. This is all about you. Oh, yeah, look, I mean, for sure. You know, I think in my 20s, I was so insecure and 30s still insecure. In my 40s, I maybe gained a little bit and I think, at 50, I've kind of just, whatever. I, I honestly really don't care anymore. I wake up every day. I know what I'm doing. I know most importantly why I'm doing it and my intention behind it. And and I just keep moving forward because something feels right about it and 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 something's working. So. so do you have a mentor or perhaps a North Star, someone that does inspire you to just be the best Wendy that there is? Oh my gosh. Well, I mean, first and foremost, my daughters and they inspire me and I want to be, you know, uh, I want to light the way for them and I want to give them something to look forward to. Unlike the generations before us, which I'm, you know, there are the unicorns out there, but it's very different now. And I want them to look forward to, to getting older and to relationships and to mothering and to all these things that are ahead. So they first and foremost are my biggest North star and keep me going. I would say that, you know, I mean, look, I have a lot from afar, like you mentioned, Helen Marin, Meryl Streep, Lauren Hutton, all of those beautiful women who are leading the way. Um, and then I have a lot of younger women in my life that inspire me. You know, um, I, I have a lot of younger friends that just, really have it figured out 10 to 15 years before I ever did. So, so yeah, well, I have, I have lots, lots of, I, I surround myself, you know, day to day with nothing but people that I inspire that, that, sorry, I surround myself with nothing but people that inspire me. And I hope in return, 
I do the same for them and we learn and we stumble and we laugh and so I think so much yeah. of it too the power comes from um just owning your decisions and owning perhaps your mistakes or even if you know it's a thought process that other people don't agree with that it's yours that you're brave enough to stick with that I think that comes probably from age as well and experience but um also being able to say well that's just how I'm going to do it and let's see how it works and not fearing the consequences as much as we used to when we were younger yeah that's it and a couple of thoughts on that I mean I heard once I love this and I did not coin this but I heard may bravery be your baseline and I think about that every day may bravery be your baseline you know that's the baseline that's that's where you start is overcoming fear moving past things and and that took me a very long time to learn and do you know i like most people was scared of my own shadow for for a long time but i thought those were good words to to live by i'll look up who said that i can't deep remember. down isn't it trusting that that <laughs> gut instinct that I know what I'm doing, yeah, as hard as it might be or as offensive as that might be to others, this is this is what I've got to do for me. Yeah, that's it. And also to that point, you know, I was just, I'm working on a, lot, a couple other really fun things, which I can't talk about just yet, but um, I was just answering some questions and, um, and you know, they they asked me, who is your competition? And I, and I, I was on the phone with a uh, my producer and editor of the podcast. And I said, I don't know. I, re I really don't know. I mean, I follow lots of great women and whatever, but I don't. And, and maybe it's protection mechanism. I don't know what it is, but I could not answer that question. And I was kind of happy that I couldn't because I talk a lot about comparison and comparing yourself to others and that, you know, the old Teddy Roosevelt quote that is overused, but it's so true that comparison is the thief of joy. And had I started out four years ago looking at every, looking, you know, I knew there was nothing. So let me say, validate that point from before. But if you start looking at what everyone else is doing, it's paralyzing. You won't do what you're doing. You won't start this podcast. You won't stick to your path and your truth. And it's, I think it's really benefited me to not look around and compare myself. I know what I'm here to do. I know exactly what I'm here to talk about. Um, and I know my, like I said earlier, I know my why and my intention around it. And I wake up every day and I just do that. And somehow it's going to work or not. And that's it. And if other people decide to do something similar, they're never going to be you, you are the only you there is, and you're the only one who's going to deliver it the way you deliver it. So there is no comparison. That's right. And if we could only teach the younger girls that, you know, it's hard these days with social media and everything out there. And um, I have three daughters and watching my two teenage daughters constantly comparing themselves and what we're doing and what other people are doing. It's very, um, like I said, it's paralyzing and it's toxic it, it can be very bad it can be very bad do they think yeah. you're cool wendy do your kids think you're cool oh god depends on the day shelly <laughs> depends on the day maybe some days some days they think i'm cooler than others yeah i, feel I, I think pain. they like me all right we know we're cool yeah, yeah. It's, <laughs> real. it's real it's real it's it's real yeah 
you know, it's funny. Yeah. I, I try not to, um, I guess, let my outside appearance affect how I feel on the inside. And if I want to dress like an absolute dag some days, well, then that's up to me unless you get papped wearing your pyjamas down at the local shopping centre, which happened recently. I went, oh, I really got to make a better effort some mornings to frock up a little bit. So um, let's talk style. How do you find your style? You know, there's, as you say, so much going around from um, influences, from photos that we see to what we should be wearing. How do you dig deep and just find out what makes you feel good every morning? And is it okay to have a wardrobe full of exactly the same clothes if that what makes you feel good? So how are you enjoying the ageing project so far? You know this is our first series of the podcast and if there is anything that you would like to hear or talk about, perhaps for series two, we would love to hear from you. So reach out at The Ageing Project. We are here for you, we are a community and we cannot wait to connect. That is at The Ageing Project. Now, back to my chat with Wendy. Yes, yes. I think it is. I think actually, I think uniforms are very good. Um, let me just back up and say, I also look daggy most days. So, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm pretty daggy from the waist below today. I kind of zhuzhed it up on top for this, for this Zoom call. But um, yeah, I think style is really interesting. And I just, um, I just did a, I've, I've, I've started these five minute podcasts where I'm trying to give women just a very short tidbit of helpful information each week. And I just did one um, on style and tapping into your own personal style. And for me, it's always come so easy. And, and so it's been hard for me to see that that's a struggle for others. But now I really see it. It's very real, especially as we're aging and our bodies are changing. And, you know, we just, it, you, you have to roll with it and you have to figure out what works for you. So I think, um, I actually talk about this. It's a very antiquated, old school um, exercise. But my friend taught me this, and I've since done it with a number of women, that you just sit down with a stack of magazines or books, you know, like it can be um, textiles, it can be clothes, it can be just, you know, whatever it is, furniture. Pull out everything that you like, that you genuinely like, not that you like it because J-Lo's wearing it, but because you genuinely like it, right? Pull out everything, every color, every texture, every style of jean, every, everything, and then look through that pile and, and you'll find that you really are drawn to something, whether it's super colorful. I happen to be drawn to monochromatic and a touch of color, and I, and I learned this through that exercise. And then take that information and go to your closet and, and get rid of anything that's not in that zone, you know, your style definition. But it sounds really silly and like something we would have done in Girl Scouts here in America, but it really, it really works. And I do believe, I, I really do believe though, that if your style is you wear white shirts and black pants and and that puts a spring in your step and that makes you feel good, that's what you should wear. If you're, you know, a fleece jacket and ripped jeans and Birkenstocks, that's what you should wear. Because if if you wear what feels best on you, you're gonna be the you're you're gonna have a spring in your step and everyone's gonna be better for it. So 
How did you go with your fashion? Obviously, you've moved around a bit, and we know um, you've moved from the city out to Montana in the country, and uh, perhaps we'll see you here in Australia soon. Does your fashion change, and does your yes. style change depending on your environment, your landscape? Yeah, for sure. I think it will. Oh, I mean, how do I how do I say this? So, I definitely have certain pieces that travel with me all the time, right? I believe glasses are a fashion statement and I have to wear them because my eyes are really bad. So I take those with me. I take my turquoise with me pretty much anywhere I go, whether it's fancy or casual. So I have my staples that, um, you know, kind of are with me in my travels and anywhere I go. And I love hats, but I'm probably not going to wear a cowboy hat walking down the street in New York City. Um, I might, who knows? I feel like now anything goes though, which I love about style right now. I really feel like anything goes, especially after this pandemic, but yeah, I kind of dress the part, but, but, but it's all within me, if that makes sense. Yeah. So it's all within my little, my little world of style, but yeah, you'll, you'll see me a little bit Western in Montana and a little bit Bohemian in Byron Bay. Do you have that go-to outfit that A, makes you feel great and that you can wear yeah, anytime, easy. anywhere? Easy. Uh, an oversized white crispy shirt, men's shirt. Um, and I have one in linen and I have about three or four cotton ones, the same version. So there you go. There's the uniform. Um, always a black bra under that. I like a little bit of the... French style going there. Um, I like distressed or vintage jeans. Um, in the summer, you'll always find me in flip-flops or thongs, as you call them in Australia, but thongs are something different. Yeah, yeah be careful um, with that one. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, and, and then a cashmere sweater. I have very few, four that I love, you know, in the simple colors, gray, black, cream, you know, and a brown. And in the summer, a white tank top and jeans and flip flops. The winter, I'll throw on a boot. Um, I happen to love those big lug sole boots that are in style right now. Just those huge, and I'm tall and I have huge feet. So it's a, it's a bit like Frankenstein, but I, but I like it. But so. I'm doing it anyway. Oh my I'm, God. I'm doing it anyway. Yeah. <laughs> I am editing my wardrobe as I go. You gotta <laughs> have a, yeah. You gotta throw a little edge in there for sure. But then, you know, I'll throw on one big ring or, you know, a hat or a scarf or, you know, whatever it might be. I do have, I have a little section in my closet called the fairy dust section. So I have Believe it or not, I have a small closet and I don't like to have too many things. It makes me anxious and it, it just feels heavy to me. Less is definitely more. Um, so I'm recycling and repurposing a lot of things. But I have my basics. Um, got to have a black blazer. I think you got to have a fitted one and a big baggy one. Um, maybe a tweed blazer, your jeans. I'm a jeans girl. So when you ask me, I wear jeans everywhere. Um, and then I have this little section called the fairy dust section. And I have a sequined kimono in there. And I have a floral kimono. And I have, and I keep my little fun things that you can go over with your white tank top and your distressed jeans and go, ah, oh, I'm going to put my purple floral kimono on today. So that's kind of how I 
kind of how I roll. I actually have to go to something very fancy soon. And I'm, I'm it. I text my friend today who's a stylist and I said, I am for the first time in my life. I, I don't know what, to, I don't know what to wear. I don't know what to do. So um, I've called the troops in to help me uh, for this event. So we'll see. <laughs> Well, we we now have direct access to you and, of course, on your Instagram account to just um, stalk you as, as our Anytime. star curator every day. What does your wellness routine look like? Do you stick to a particular way of eating? Is there? Do you have a routine for your breakfast, lunch and dinners? Are you a faster? How do you go about keeping in such great shape? Yeah, I, I think, you know, I sat by a lady on the way to Australia 11, 10 or 11 years ago and she was just a side note, funny story. She was probably in her 60s and she just, she was just radiant, right? Just fit and radiant and happy. And I, I, I leaned over and I said, what's the secret? Like, what is happening over there? You know? And she said, well, I'm really happy. And my partner makes me laugh a lot. And I basically eat when I'm faint. And I thought, so my point behind that is I, 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 I finally hit a point at 53. I'm like, I understand what that, yes. I understand what she's saying. She's almost serious. Like, um, so I, I don't, I don't only eat when I'm you don't I'm an long. eater. No, <laughs> I'm an, I'm an eater, but I, here's what I do. And I, and, and when I get asked this question, I, I, you know, I believe and I see this every day with women because that's my environment and who I speak with. But I, I believe the basics are greatly overlooked. And you get to a point then where you are looking for the quick fix, whether it's the, this diet or that diet or this fast or that and, or this face cream or this, this big fix. And it's never, ever going to be that. And I realize some people need to do extremes in that. So I, I understand that scale is very different. But for the most part, you know, I say, are you moving your body every day? Are you drinking your water every day? Are you hanging around with jerks? Or are you hanging around with people who make you feel bad about yourself? That's a very big one. I almost might move that to number one. You know, do you have some kind of spiritual practice? even if it's five minutes a day, even if it's dancing to like Prince for five minutes in your kitchen, like awaken your soul, you know, are you sleeping? Which I understand, especially for women our age can be tough, but I find if my basics are in place, I sleep better. I'm nicer. I'm kinder. So I, I eat well most of the time, but I eat what I want. So if I go somewhere and I want a cheeseburger, I eat it. I, I don't live my life like that because I, that doesn't work for me. I feel deprived and it backfires. And I, um, so yeah, I move, I hang around with wonderful people. I, who make me feel good and I make them feel good. And that is everything. The company you keep is everything. Um, I sleep seven hours. That's all I need now. A night. I drink a gallon of water a day. And I'd say I eat well about 80% of the time. How good does it feel just getting to know yourself? I think that's one of the beautiful things about getting older is just meeting yourself over and over again and really starting to narrow down and, and define yourself in some ways, which again, at our age, we're allowed to change that anytime we like, by the way. But I really am at the moment um, really enjoying learning more about me and what really makes 
me tick rather than being so influenced by other things around me or, or people around me. And as you just said, surround yourself with those people that make you feel good rather than the ones that you mm-hmm. perhaps think you should be surrounding yourself with. Mm-hmm. That's right. And I think, you know, I think we're taught, or at least I was, that it's it's selfish to think about you and how you feel and what you need and what you, you know, it's, and, and I very much believe where we are met, we're not meant to be alone or to be around other people. We're to treat them well, all of that. But when, when that light bulb goes off, when you have that moment, like I think you were talking about, and I don't want to put words in your mouth, but where you just go, everyone's better if I'm better. Like, <laughs> That's what it was for me. It was, fuck oh, it. I'm yeah. just going to do it the way I want to do it. Yeah. Like, wait, hold on a minute. I did that for me. And now all the kids are happy. And like my, every, oh wait, this works, right? Like, you're no nothing's any good unless you're taking care of yourself and unless you're unapologetically living uh, who who you know being yourself and and that's still hard for me you know especially with a public platform and I don't know Shelly how you feel about this but that's it's it's hard to live unapologetically because I feel bad when I post something about this or do this and whatever and and I have a team with my little goodbye crop top team who's pushing me going, stop, just do it. Just, and, and it feels really good. Yes, it feels really good to just be authentic. And that is when I say aging is your, middle age is your superest of all superiest yes. of super goopy powers. <laughs> it's, just, it's, just the, it's just the best. But does life get easier? Shit, no. <laughs> oh, come on. I thought that was going to be it. I thought you were going to say, no. yes, it does. No. Life is so much harder, but, it's, <laughs> but it can be so much better because with the wisdom we have and, and the mistakes we've made and the learnings and the deaths and the deaths and all the stuff around us, may we be better, please. May, may I get better? Like. My husband always says, get better or get bitter. And that really applies to middle-aged women, I'm finding. Like, get better. Don't get bitter. And imagine how come talk to us, right? be at 70, like, huh? I hope. <laughs> I hope so. I'm excited about it. I mean, I'm excited to grow old. I don't want to be in a box or an urn just yet. I'm not ready for that. And you know, I've, I've, I've watched, I've watched some of my favorite people in the world lose their, you know, die. And, and I, I live for them. I live for my kids. I live for my friends. I live for these moments. This is so fun, you know, like, but, but it's not easy. It's hard. And, and, um, you got to learn to laugh. You've got to learn to be yourself and, and you got to get rid of the heavy, heavy things that pull you down. Yeah, and that was that was a big turning point for you, I believe, when you did stand by and watch one of your very good girlfriends uh, in your twenties pass away. You know that adversity or that that absolute feeling of loss and tragedy. Um, good does come from that, doesn't it? And you do obviously your appreciation for life was tenfold after that. Um, we'd love not to ever have to go through that, but do you think you know you reached? this state so much sooner because you had suffered like that? Yes. Yes. I do. And and I don't even know 
I think I realized it even later in life, but I was 25 years old. I held her feet when she took her last breath of air. She she died of AIDS. She was a virgin until she was 22. She slept with one man and he gave her AIDS and she died. Oh, and it was just so tragic. And 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 what I what I really very selfishly as a 20 something without children did not understand that day was I watched parents lose a child that day. It, it was, it's, a, it's, it's life changing. And, and I do, I live for her. I live, I live my life big for her and for me. And I just, I just lost a, one of my very favorite human beings on this planet died in May suddenly of a, of a stroke. But yes, the answer to your question is yes. I live big for these people I loved so deeply. And for everyone around me, I don't want to be a miserable, icky person to be around. I, you know, especially for my kids. Sometimes I am. I do have my moments. Yeah, you're so. allowed. You're allowed <laughs> to have those moments, of course. Yeah. I have. I have a golden yeah. rule that is fifty percent of the people, fifty percent of the time. And I've been on Australian TV since I was eighteen. Every week mm-hmm. since I was eighteen, um, and I realized pretty early on that you really your odds are always the same you're either going to have a bunch of people that really like you and a bunch of people that don't but the odds are the same so why strive so hard and try so hard to be something that you're not when you're only going to please the same amount of people no matter which way you go and I think it's almost the same in your family you know you've just got to be so real for your family and your kids um and then if people outside your circle don't really get it, then they're not your people. They're not your tribe. And whether that's, that's whether it. you're, you know, whether you're a personality on telly or a voice in the community or whether it's just you being you with your group of friends, if you're not being true to yourself, then you're really wasting everybody's time. That's that's beautifully put. I think, Wendy, sometimes we feel like, oh, I've, I've been this certain way for a while, so now I have to stick to it. Um, or I've dressed this way my whole life, so I can't really go about changing now at my age. But you're very much for reinvention, aren't you, for recreating yourself mm. or even in a career, just stopping what you're doing and starting something new. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I very much believe in it. And I think there are a lot of examples out there right now of people pivoting and um, especially with the pandemic, making career changes, you know, doing new things. Um my uh, uh, my dad is 84 and has not been in good health, but now he's coming back to good health. And I'm calling him every day going, you're getting a personal trainer. It's not too late. We're going to do this, you know? And I mean, and he's, and he's jazzed about it. He's on board, you know, he's <laughs> like, okay, I'm going to, maybe I'll be a bodybuilder. I'm like, okay, don't push it, dad. But so I, 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 I very much believe goals. in that. And <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And and I and I want to acknowledge the fact that for most people change is scary. Um leaving a bad relationship is terrifying. Um but what's worse, spending your whole life in it? And I think once you once you make a change, once you dedicate yourself to some form of of reinvention, whether it is a career or a relationship or your wardrobe, when you do that once and you feel how invigorating that is, it, it's a wildfire. I mean, you just go from there. It's, it's never, ever too late. It's never too late. And I, 
I, hopefully I explained that well, but I, I just can't say that enough. And even with this, even with Goodbye Crop Top, in the four years I've done this, I have reinvented and changed the direction of my sales 10 times to accommodate what I need to accommodate or what's working or what's not. And always be open-minded. Always have your eyes wide open. And you are the sum of your thoughts. I really believe that. And I'm learning that more the older I get. What you put out into the universe and what you truly believe that you want does come to you. And I, you know, it's, it's, uh, but, but, but my biggest thing there, I guess, is don't be scared of change because it's just that initial rip of the band-aid that hurts. And everything after that is just explosive and beautiful. Absolutely. It really is. And it always seems to culminate in a new haircut. Correct. Doesn't bangs. It? it really does. Is it's it like, always this the bangs? This is the new me and yeah. the only way I can express it is cutting my hair. <laughs> I know. I just cut all my hair off and it actually had to do with that. So you go. You'd be how liberating it is, actually. It is. It is. Things are heavy, including hair, metaphorically and literally. Absolutely. Yes. Wendy, would you ever go back? Like, would you want to ever be 20 or 30 or 40 again? No. And, you know, I often say that 50 is the new 50, you know? 50 is not the new 30. 50 is not – why, why – 50 is actually fantastic. I, 50 is 50. It, 50 is 50. Be 50. Don't want to look 30. Don't want to act 30. Don't want to make the mistakes I made when I was 30. 50 is awesome. And – and 50 is the new 50. 60 is the new 60. The time to make All a whole bunch above. of new mistakes, isn't it? Correct. Day, on the daily. Yes. <laughs> yeah. I can't thank you enough for yeah. your time today. I know that all of our people are now going to become your people, which is really, really exciting. So final word, Wendy, what would you tell everyone out there, your advice for growing older and wiser gracefully? I think... What I've learned is to be thoughtful in every moment of what you're doing and what you're saying and where you're going, and to always, always understand your why and your intentions. Perfect. Thank you so much. We have learned so much from you today, from how to edit our wardrobe to just how to live well. And we can't wait um, to see what you've got for us next. I know you mentioned you've got a whole bunch of new projects and we will be keenly looking on and championing you all the way. Wendy, thank you so much. I'm so honoured. Thanks for having me. This was so much fun. I can't wait to meet you. I'm sure you can tell I had a great time chatting to Wendy today and I hope you got as much out of this conversation as I did. Get better or get bitter. Perhaps that's my new strapline. She's such a straight shooter. Just that basic advice on drinking more water. How hard can it be? Moving your body, which we've heard from Vonda, of course. And don't hang around jerks. <laughs> How perfect. She has also got me thinking it is absolutely time to revisit my wardrobe. I wear a lot of hats in my jobs and nothing really resonates with me. So look out. I am going Wendy Isla on my walk-in. Wish me luck and I'll see you on the other side. All the best. See you soon. The Aging Project is brought to you by Poly Studio. They're our go-to team for all things podcasting.